Hey, what's up? This is Community Service with Craig Conan. That's me. Are you recording? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're starting, bitch. Oh, no. Put Put your phone down, pussy face. This is how we do it over here. This is Community Service Podcast. With my friend Ahmed Weinberg, how you are you? Me. <laughs> you're like answer your answer your phone. I get it. I do that too. And then you're like, and now we begin. <laughs> What's up, pussies? I'm not wearing a hat today. You know why? I blew dry my hair. Why am I talking like this? I get excited. How you normally talk? Yeah, I know. I talk. <laughs> how long have you talked like this? Oh, I don't know. It's weird. Were you it's a kid, a, just like I need my diaper changed? No, I get, uh, I get, I can talk normal, but I get excited and I mess up words a lot, too much, too much, way too much. And uh, also, when I'm nervous, it happened to me in an acting class, improv class, stand up. Like I, I get like a growl, you know. I go, uh, one time I was doing a self tape and my buddy's like, why are you growling? I was like, I'm not trying to. And I couldn't stop it. He's like, just, he's like, just talk, just talk. Like you talk to me and then you go like, go. And then go, you know, and I couldn't, it's just, you do have, a, it's a little guttural. There's like a dog inside of you. I know. I know. But ruff, a puppy. Ruff, a puppy. <laughs> Did I mention your name yet? Yeah. Okay. He's funny. Yeah, he's a good man. I love him. He was late. Uh, yeah, I was late. I'm sorry. It was in his head. I have an appointment. I gotta get my beard dyed red. Is that what it was? I do that every day? Yeah, <laughs> I gotta maintain the ginger thing because that's diversity is Diversify. important in Hollywood. So if I'm just a white guy with a regular beard, I got nothing. I'm gonna shave my pussy. Oh, this is that kind of podcast. <laughs> I'm going to try to have a real conversation. You're going to be like, my pussy itches. <laughs> no, never. I just uh, squished my balls there. Um, what do you diet with? Kool-Aid? I used to drink so much Kool-Aid. Did you? Yeah. I'm like, damn, mom. Come on, Tilly. What are you doing? So your house growing up, you had no, like, it wasn't healthy. You guys could oh, just eat whatever you wanted. Top ramen and Kool-Aid, bro. Oh. Oh, what a dream. <laughs> Feed the mind. Yeah. My house growing up was all health food and it was like yeah, you, okay, you, tofu. You wish for mine? I wish for yours. I Why? have ulcers. We I have don't, the same I do body. not have ulcers. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. But like, that's like cool for a treat. A once in a while. I call it poison. I still drink poison. I drink a Red Bull the other day. I call it liquid poison. Oh, yeah. Red but Bull is definitely. I love it. Yeah. But like I, I have it like only once a month. Or like if I don't want to die and I'm driving home at 3 a.m. and I and I and I don't want to die. Already. Red Bull's got something in it that's way more powerful than coffee. Oh yeah, it's crazy. It's tweet. It's tweet because it, then like I'll do it from like when you know we do San Diego or whatever. I have to drive down, do the show, and drive home. And then on the drive home, I'm like this. So I'll do a Red Bull in advance so I don't fall asleep and crash. And uh, then I get home and I'm exhausted and then I can't sleep. And it's like, yeah, it's like a catch 22. It's like, I want, I want to go to sleep, but I also, I want to live. <laughs> That's how any medicine is like that is that there's always a downside like antidepressants. Yeah. 
it's like, yeah, you'll feel good, but you can't come. <laughs> there's always a downside. It's like God is always like, hey, you can have the answer, but there's a side effect, and it's yeah. going to be worse than you think. That's really funny. Have you done that on stage? No. You should, dude. That's golden or a fucking fire tweet. Do you ever take shit you say on the podcast and bring it to stage? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interview you. <laughs> Maybe, no, I need it. Maybe. <laughs> probably. Hopefully. I should. I should. I find that talking for like an hour straight with especially with comedians, I'll come up with something. Yeah. And I'll listen back to my podcast and be like, oh, yeah, maybe there's a joke somewhere. Yeah. In that. A lot of times, like maybe something I have for stage that I can't figure out, I can say on here and talk it out and then be like, oh, that's what you should do or need to do, you know? Yeah. And how you say things when you're talking to a friend is kind of like, oh, that that's how I should say it on yeah. stage because yeah. that's like I'm talking. I love and hate that, but how many times how you have organic conversations with a comedian buddy and it's just fire. I and know. then you go, how do I capture that and put it on stage? <laughs> and then you try it and it just bombs. You're like, God damn it. I know you get on stage and you're like, I'm, I'm a, I'll go Trader Joe's. <laughs> hey, man. What? <laughs> get out. <laughs> oh, I applied for a job at Trader Joe's. Did I ever tell you this? <laughs> Who's the loser now, huh? Me, 100%. I got hired. One of I the got hired. You went on to be on TV nine times. Well, what would he do? <laughs> I, uh, I got a rejection letter from like Captain John or something. Like, We're so sorry we can't hire you. They accepted Sincerely, me. Captain Earl or whatever. That's so funny. There's nothing worse than getting a rejection letter from a captain. <laughs> but if you just took a picture of us smiling... And it was like accepted and denied. That's just funny to me. Why? Because you have longer hair? Yeah, well, because this, 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 I just look like drugs and you look like, oh, that guy will get the job done. Huh. Right? Am I, am yeah. I? Sorry to juxtapose you. Maybe they Is were racially the right profiling. They saw my red beard. Red, yeah, that's true. Yeah, your beard's they have a bad. Strict beard's no, bad. No ginger policy. No ginger. Ginger. And when I was young, <laughs> I wanted to work at Trader Joe's, Why? and my dad didn't want me to work there because he's going to hate me saying this. He thought everyone who worked at Trader Joe's was gay. It's true. Is it? <laughs> I don't know why he no, thought this. No, I mean, maybe at Trader Joe's was Hollywood, but... No, they Trader Joe's has always been very liberal, so there's always... I had a manager with fucking neck tattoos, you know, like... yeah. Ton of gay dudes, kind of ton of fucking drug addicts, ton of it's ton of essays, cholos. There's a fools just straight selling fucking tweak on the phone on the frozen aisle. I used to work with. I'm like, dude, like, go outside. You know? No, I'll meet you there, fool. Don't worry. All right, all right. It's like you're stocking peas right now, Jose. Like, get it. I just got a bit. Hey, good. Did you get it? Um, yeah, that 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 is inspired by a real event. He was fired very shortly after. Several of my coworkers, one guy uh, went to jail and just got fired because of no call. That I, I missed work twice because I was in jail and uh, they didn't fire me. <laughs> and I can't get a fucking you call back yeah. at Trader Joe's. The the firecracker horse bit I have, mm -hmm. that, that made the paper and my manager, I shouldn't say his name, I stopped myself, I'm getting better at that. <laughs> you know who he is though. Yeah. Right after it happened, I walk into Trader Joe's, missed work because of jail, and he's holding the paper. 
with the article right there. He's like, <laughs> and he's so funny. He goes, holding it up. This is a scene from a movie. He's like, Craig, is there anything you would like to tell me? <laughs> and, la- and I was like, I don't want to talk about it because I was so emotional. I couldn't talk about it for years because, you know, it was a traumatizing day. Like, you think you're going to prison for a couple of years. That'll really... Uh, does your audience know what what happened? Yeah, that it's pretty much my most famous bit I got mm. or, or story or whatever the fuck it is. True story bit. And uh, yeah, that shit will change you. And if it doesn't, you, you got to figure that out because <laughs> you're facing a few years in jail and that don't change you. you what happened to you in jail? Anything? I get bailed out. My mama loves me. Oh. Yeah. But I had four charges and I had to get a lawyer, but... Had I had I not gotten a lawyer and not been represented properly, I could have, I don't know, maybe gotten a year or two. But LA County's so overpopulated, I would have just done like ten percent. I would have done a couple months. Right. They would have. Good thing there's a lot of murderers. <laughs> you get the hippie out if I don't get murdered first. I once had this job for a, a, an electronics recycling company that hired exclusively ex-convicts. And they also hired me because my friend ran the place. Fantastic. So I would drive around all day picking up uh, like old computers with these criminals. I mean, ex-criminals who were like their faces were covered in tattoos like horns and <laughs> 666 and teardrops. And they were super nice. But I was just I would just ask them so many questions. I was like, hey, how would I do in jail? And they were just like, oh, dude, like you'd be a bitch in jail. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I might get away with running with the Aryans. I you can't. Too, but you're Muslim. So no, you that's a thing. You're dead. Well, I can't. You're dead. Bro. I know there's groups in jail, and like, I can't really hang with the Muslims probably because they'd be like, "You're white." They're probably nation of Islam, maybe. I don't know. I'm generalizing. But then there's no there's it's, no it, Jew I mean, group. You're is generalizing, there? but it's pretty safe to say in prison, all the Muslims are black dudes. Nation of Islam. Uh, I don't want to say that on record. And, I mean, I got a lot of cousins in prison. I'd be sure they'd agree with me. This is the controversial podcast. Maybe we will edit this stuff out. Really? I, I do want to be on TV. Um, I do too, but again, I mean, it's fucking again. prison. We're not saying in real life, Jesus. Anyways. Anyway. How did we get talking about this? Well, because these guys, would they would be like, yeah, you can't. You wouldn't be accepted by the Muslims. You wouldn't be accepted by the Jews. I don't know how many Jews are in jail. Probably a few for bank fraud or something. <laughs> and he then- said it, not me. <laughs> I'm just sitting back on this one. I, it, they, they, if they are, they're in like the luxury uh, fucking five-star hotel jail for uh, $300. Jew jail? $300, $300 million embezzlement, you know? Yeah. And they just get served cold brew all day yeah. and... Where's my cold brew guard? <laughs> this isn't kosher. <laughs> he got a new bit. I can't do that one. Not Jewish. I guess I am, though. I'm a small percentage. What percent? Uh, I don't even remember. My uncle told me, but he took the DNA swab test. I'm a cathartic Jew. <laughs> cathartic? Sephardic Jew. <laughs> cathartic Jew. I'm the brown Jew, baby. Uh, I guess very small percentage. I don't know. I think I'm Ashkenazi. Bro. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. a good kind. Just because I like to say Ashkenazi, it's got a pop to it. You know, it's fun. Also has the word Nazi in it, which is kind of oh, weird. Oh, yeah. You're the bad Jew then. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's just an ironic twist. I know. It really is this world. Well, I'm I'm good. Should we end it? We got derailed there. <laughs> we got real derailed. 
Oh, you said something about antidepressants. And this is a bit I've tried on stage. And uh, I can't really figure it out, but it kind of works. But then I did it again today, and it's so true. And you know what I'm talking about, Chris Lund, is cold showers help with energy. Go ahead. Lay it down. What are the fuck they help us for? Uh, Immunity, uh, energy levels, uh, mood. It's good for depression. Like I think it's like a minute if you do a minute of cold shower. Just pure cold, no heat. Yeah, you got to shut all the heat off. And I don't even know if in LA what else we get are they cold good for? Do you know? Uh, I do. Keep going. And uh, for to to achieve a baby dick, if you want a baby dick, <laughs> that's true. You want a fucking one. nub head. <laughs> Take a cold shower, you dickless son of a bitch. That's or a great bag. way to start your day is seeing your dick in its <laughs> smallest form. <laughs> small. How did that happen? <laughs> Normally we're How all right. Old am I? What's happening? What happened? I'm twelve again, goddammit. I like at the Korean spa there's a there's a cold tub and it's yeah. freezing. And you there's a hot tub and a cold tub and you go between the two. Yeah. And it's so hard to get into the cold tub. Like I have to go in like toes at a time and then just get in there some dudes just like just jump, jump in, in. I jump. you do that i have to jump in it's and so cold it is ex- i don't do it because it's so uncomfortable but every time i start to get on a roll and do it it is extremely beneficial for mood and energy yeah i am not as depressed and i have way more energy and like sustainable energy not like that even though i love that and i love to get tweaked up yeah um Cold showers, they fucking help me, but I hardly ever do them because it's it's painfully uncomfortable. And that's the bit I try to do, and it's true. It happens every single time. I start fucking hooting and hollering like a four-year-old, <laughs> yeah. like, Yee-bee! Like, I can't stop. Like, I'm literally, because it's You crazy. just have to make and sounds. You're just, you're just like this, and you're twitching, and you're just fucking chicken clucking and slapping your, just any, any a, 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 a raw primordial shit will, like, like little kid shit comes out of you. Yeah. I'm literally going, <laughs> but it's not fake. It's not like it just comes out of you. And I try to re- reenact that on stage and it kind of works. And uh, as I say, it's kind of hard to be depressed when you're going. <laughs> and uh, it's never like murdered. So I kind of stop, but I'll figure it out. But I did it again today. I took a cold shower because I was just down and tired and sure enough, I start screaming like a fucking four-year-old eating kind of candy at Disneyland. And then I'm laughing at myself just because I'm not, this isn't contrived. This is organically just oozing out of me going, just <laughs> like literally like, like I, and then I thought like, what are my neighbors thinking right now? <laughs> yeah. When they hear me in the shower going, <laughs> <laughs> just fucking but laughing like a, like a toddler, like not an adult. Like, yeah. that's not how I laugh. I, I laugh on Insta story like that as a joke, like, hee hee. But that is real in there. That in that cold shower, <laughs> that is real and it's different and it's all sorts of fucking octaves. Octaves? Yeah. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's fucking funny, man. I got to figure that one out because it's true and it's real. My shower, like I can hear all the other showers because the shower, there's like a big vent that runs up and down the the windows that lead out of the showers of the bathrooms. Yeah. So I can hear everyone in my building shower. And sometimes it's like I can hear people singing in the shower and that's nice. I've heard some crying. 
<laughs> it's like the full spectrum of human emotions just like in the shower because we don't have our phones in the shower so i feel like we're so raw and like especially yeah. if you're used i mean i should start cold showering so people can hear it so people Dude, can like be like, <laughs> it's good for your health and it's fucking hilarious and then do you go hot at the end of it no that's the thing out. usually i do do you do cold shower the whole goddamn time? No, just the last like minute, two minutes. That's oh, what the I last do. Minute. Usually I take a nice, warm, comfortable shower. Yeah. And then to, to gear up for it, I used to just shut off the hot and blast the cold. Uh, to get used to it, I just turn on the cold. So then it becomes like, it's still cold because of the difference, but it's mild. Mm-hmm. And then I do that for whatever, 30 seconds. And then I just go, and then it's just like, because it takes a second, and I always do it right on my head. So it's just, and then it hits, and I just go, ah! <laughs> it's just fucking, it's nice, man. It's just little tricks you got to do to stay sober, you know? <laughs> Making noises when you don't mean to make them is, it's always a weird sensation. You know what I mean? When your body just makes a noise. Yeah. It's like, You're like when Whoa. you come and when you take a cold shower. Oh, it's going to be one of those podcasts, huh? <laughs> callback is a callback he's okay. a cum dumpster he's a cum face hmm. um <laughs> i'm sorry i don't know I'm a weird guy it's okay man he's mad at me i'm not mad who's who's needed i slapped the other day i don't even remember joe rogan no <laughs> not slapping his knee it'll go <laughs> um i don't know i slapped somebody's knee just like that but like uh, i was like why did i slap your knee like we were just having a conversation that was Chappelle. Oh, Chappelle, that's right. It was the last podcast. That's why it came back to me. I saw Chappelle last night. Did you see him? Dave Chappelle. Yeah. I didn't know. Oh, you're talking about Chappelle Lacey. Chappelle Lacey. I wish uh, Dave Chappelle was on my yeah. podcast. <laughs> it would probably be my highest viewed podcast. Maybe. Probably. Probably. Most likely. Hopefully. 100%. <laughs> he's I so was, cool. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, he was wearing like a full uh, camo. He always does. It's so cool. <laughs> he's the only comic that could wear like his name on him. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. But if anybody else did that, it would be bad. But for him, it's like, I want that jacket. <laughs> Why is that? It's so weird. He just has that quality about it. Have him. you met him? <clears throat> I mean, briefly shook his hand in the green room and brought him up. But I saw him. Uh, I went to some party that was like after a show that he, it was like his party. He had rented out a bar. And I was there and I felt so awkward because I love him so much. And I like didn't know if i should say hi because it was like his he's party. the nicest most approachable guy ever yeah he really is so when i was leaving i said hi and he saw these beads that i'm wearing and he goes uh he's like hey man you rocking them zikr beads oh that's what they're called that's what this is and it's like a muslim uh meditation thing called zikr and like for him to know that it's very that's a very specific thing yeah. like not all muslims do zikr yeah and I was like, yeah. And I kind of briefly said, like, yeah, I was raised Muslim, et cetera. And he go, he was just like, uh, he was like, you, I was like, do you do zikr? And he was like, nah, I'm just, I'm just doing alcohol these days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, true. you I'm are a little the... worried about the brilliant man. He, he gets hammered. Yeah, he lo- he likes the party, but he, uh, uh, he's the only guy where you're worried about him walking but not performing you know you're like how do you do that dude one time he did uh there was a show in echo park that he was headlining and i was hanging out in the back and he he pulled up and was like fucking wasted 
and walked out. He, he came out of his SUV, like holding two Bluetooth speakers that were just like blasting rap music. And <laughs> he was just like black. And I was sitting next to Jamar and we were both like, oh my God, this, this is going to be a shit show. And, and he was like, as soon as he got on stage, he like put his foot on the speaker that was on the edge of the stage and was just instantly the most composed professional intelligent person i don't understand i've ever seen i don't i've seen that too where he's drinking a cup of hard alcohol smoking weed and hash or both and uh and just killing it inventing comedy on the spot yes not even doing material and you're just like i can't even do that in my most perfect comfortable comfortable confident element and this guy is doing it in the harshest circumstances possible but he's like so smart and he doesn't he's not on social media like he doesn't his time i imagine is spent learning oh absolutely quite a bit of the time yeah he's just an he's just not caught up an observer he just is just like he's successful enough that he doesn't have to like worry about social media like the way we do and like Use it to, I mean, we're all thinking about social media and like how many followers we have. And yeah, well, because for us at our level, it equates in financial freedom. It does, but it, there, I mean, there's, there's, there's people different who, routes. Yeah. But right now, for us, that is the quickest, easiest route because you, there's no guarantee of Hollywood's going to pick you. Yeah. Or, or you're going to get that lucky break or credit or viral video or what or whatever. There's no, so like with the internet, we can just do it on our own. Yeah. And we can also do it with no internet, but it's with this day and age, it's a million times harder. Yeah. Like you need to get, be extremely talented and get extremely lucky. This, this doesn't just rely on talent anymore. Yeah, but it's some like, people just get extremely lucky. And yeah, it is. Don't. It's it's all the thing. There's no right or wrong answer. You can get lucky, you and not talented. You can get lucky and be extremely talented. You could be extremely talented and fucking have a studio apartment with no kitchen and a fourteen year old Camry. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> and a globe. I love that thing. That makes you look smart. It's cool. <laughs> it's really cool. It has a. Uh, if I came over here, I'd be like, this guy. This guy knows about the world. It has USSR. It ha- it's old school. It's like before shit broke up. I forgot what year it was made. Seven. Shout out to Central America. Um. Oh wait, I wanted to tell the story. So when I was kicking it with Dave Chappelle in the green room at the comedy store in the in the main room green room, and uh, I'm despite being on social media a lot, I'm also a little bit ignorant to a lot of shit. I, I don't. I'm kind of just old school. Mm-hmm fucking cement thumbs over here and i don't pay too much attention so i didn't know who post malone was and it's me dave Chappelle, post malone and john mayer in the green room <laughs> i know who dave and john are but the post was the nicest guy ever and he has tattoos on his face and he's wearing like nice clothes and nice jewelry and i was like you look like you look like you're just fresh out of prison, but your outfit's too nice. I know you're somebody. I don't know who you are, but you're fucking somebody, dude. And he was the nicest guy ever. And he was just like a kid, just happy to be there and running around. It was just, and, and then, uh, so they're all smoking hash. I'm hosting. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dave is, uh, Judd Apatow is next, and then Dave Chappelle. And Dave goes to Judd like, Hey, uh, you want to go next or me? Because Dave was just popping in, surprise guest dropping. 
And then he, he says to the judge, do you, do you want to go next, Judd, or should I? And yeah. Judd goes, no, I'll go next. <laughs> <laughs> Smart move. <laughs> it was so funny. And I'm just laughing. And then I bring Judd Apatow up. He's supposed to do 20. But Judd is such a humble, awesome dude. He knows. He does like 12. And I just like, you know, because I'm expecting him to do 20 and I'm hosting. So I, I was caught off guard and I abruptly run to the stage because <laughs> I didn't expect that. But Judd just did what he was working on and got yeah. the fuck off. He's like, I don't need to do extra time. Let's get these people, Dave Chappelle. So in that time that Judd was on stage, John Mayer, Post Malone, Dave Chappelle, me, and they're smoking. My buddy Brian Monarch's there too. It's his show. And they're smoking hash. And I go, am I about to hit hash and relapse even though it's not relapse you know because it's not fucking heroin (laughs) uh and smoke hash with dave Chappelle, and i was just like and this this mental war like and debating like what to do and i and finally i was like if he passes that to you you're going to hit it. You have to. I have to hit it. It doesn't matter. It's like, this, this, this isn't going to, you know, that's not going to happen again. Or actually, maybe it will. And uh, and then, uh, and then, thank God, they did not pass it to me because I haven't smoked weed in over five years. Okay. Had I had hit hash while hosting a sold-out show at the world-famous <laughs> comedy store, are you fucking kidding me? It would have been like LSD. I would have been like, uh, why am I up here? What is this? Why like, is well, my voice so loud? Oh, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> and like, did I just say that out loud? Yeah. You know, like, it would have been so bad. And then Judd gets off. I run out. And then they're just in the green room having a fucking ball, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just did a little fucking spiel like, ladies and gentlemen, one of the reasons the comic store is the best club in the world is because you get special guests dropping. And tonight we got one. Are you guys ready? And they're like, yeah. And I go, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Chappelle. Instant standing ovation. Instant. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just smiling just like this. And then I, and then like a few seconds go by a few seconds go by and it's getting awkward and they're like did this motherfucker just prank us uh-huh <laughs> people start to sit down and then i'm just looking over my shoulder like oh fuck and then i just and then finally what was like 12 seconds yeah but felt like 14 hours yeah in in eternal hell it it and he came out, and then it was another standing ovation. It was long enough for people to get quiet, weird, mad, sit back down, <laughs> and then stand back up. And I was just like, "Oh, thank God!" Like I didn't know. How, like I was. It was hilarious. And he actually did that again in the OR to Dylan Sullivan. Dylan brought him up, and then he, you know, Dylan, right? He's like, yeah. "Oh, he's like, he's like, no, it's not a joke, guys." He's just this big, lovable guy. And he, he's got a really high-pitched voice. And he's like, no, no, he's he's here. He's here. And then he didn't know what to do. And then he brought up, he Dave Chappelle was so late for Dylan. He goes, Stephen, you want to go off? And he brought up Stephen Randolph instead of Dave Chappelle. Whoa. And Stephen gets up. He's like, oh, what the fuck? Like, That's a tough spot. I can't do this now. He's like, this is the worst setup in comedy history. 
and then uh, he does he he salvaged the situation. It was really funny. And then and then Dave walks in the room and he goes, "Oh, sorry, bring me up," and just interrupts Steven's set. But it's potluck. <laughs> oh, Mike, three minutes. Anyways, didn't matter. And it was hilarious. And then Steven brought up Dave Chappelle and not Dylan. He's like, "Oh man." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so if you're listening, Dylan, you're a fucking loser, huh? <laughs> Damn. You, do you ever feel intimidated by being on shows with these people? No, I actually don't. I love it. I love it, and I love following them, except for maybe Dave Chappelle, because his fame is too... too uh, his fame is just too much. I feel like, you know, in a dog park where there's like one section for the big dogs and then one for the small dogs? Yeah. I feel like we're in the small dog park as like younger comics but we got big dog comedy yeah but yeah. as far as who we are yeah, like yeah. we're oh, not the absolutely. big dogs oh yeah yeah I, I i completely agree and then sometimes these shows it's like you're a little dog bringing up the big dogs and it's like a communal thing and it's like i don't know it's it's just a different it's crazy to be in la and to be on shows and in rooms with these people who when you first start comedy yeah in Philadelphia where I started. Like I never thought I would ever meet these people. No, yeah, it's, I had it's no, really weird. It is a weird thing to And I'm not on shows with them all the time or anything, but like just to be around them and say hi to them and I mean it's I sound kind of lame cuz I I don't like think of celebrities as like these gods or anything like that, especially since I've been out here and met so many yeah. celebrities. But uh you know, still part of you is that kid inside where you're like Chappelle show yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> no it's it's nuts and it's it's really weird to uh somebody you watched on tv as a kid yeah and then you're sitting next to him in the green room and being like how would you like me to bring you up David Spade oh I watched you in Black Sheep yeah Joe Dirt Joe Dirt Joe Dirt was huge in my house and Tommy Boy I mean yeah. with little like nine years old I'm watching you and that and of course you know, Black Sheep and Tommy Boy, I, I've watched 20, 30 times each. When I first came to L.A., I got an internship uh, on Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. Yeah. And suddenly I was out in Palm Springs. I was an unpaid intern. I'd work 16 hours a day for nothing. But I was like the happiest person in the world. <laughs> I was 21. I was just like cleaning, like working with every department possible. And like camera department, art department. Yeah. Like I was, I was just in love. And then there was... You know, Will Ferrell was there, John C. Riley, yeah. and Will Forte. Will Forte was the funniest person ever oh. when I met him. When he was on set, it was literally, I got to be on set, and it was this closed set, and it was a very small uh, storefront. And everyone was literally just covering their faces or like doing this, or like there was, it was so funny. That we all had to like look at the ground and pretend we weren't there yeah. to not fuck up the sound. Yeah. And there were just moments like that. And then I met Will Farrell and I was just like, I was like, You're you're a genius. And he was just like, No, I'm not. <laughs> He's like, I'm a dumb dumb. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I mean, that's how it is, I think, when you're a comedian and you get famous and you're like, Why do people think I'm a I mean fucking we, we god? don't feel like we are, but we kind of are that sounds so but like that we're genius like i was just telling him i can't fill out a form for uh the dmv you know i cannot i don't i mean i can but you know what i mean like that clerical work is 
impossible to me. But to make people laugh, they look at us. Yeah. And like that's impossible. Yeah. So we're we're I mean like we're geniuses in in laughter or whatever. Maybe not everyday life, <laughs> but but in a certain niche area, because like you know, so that's why we think that, and people may think that, like, oh my god, you're brilliant, and it's like, I stocked bananas three months ago. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? But they don't know how to get you know make people laugh with just you, your thoughts in the microphone. When you were a kid, were you funny? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah. I was always funny. I was the funniest when I was a kid. I don't think I'll ever get back I to it. I was weird. I, 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 yeah. I used to do pranks a lot. Do you ever get into pranks? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I, uh, my uncle had this guy over that had a motorcycle and uh, he had all these pockets on his motorcycle. And we fucking put snails in it. I pissed on it. I put potatoes in the muffler. <laughs> That's not a prank. That's abuse. <laughs> I was eight. That's I domestic know. abuse, I didn't dude. know any better. We just laughed and laughed. I used to do this prank where I would piss on this homeless guy. It was... <laughs> that was an accident. That's hilarious. Um... I did That's uh... a bad prank. <laughs> I was a little kid. I once... Me and my friend uh, stayed up all night. We found this real estate magazine and we would call all the most expensive condos in Philadelphia and leave messages for the realtors and say, hi, my name is Adam Granary. I'm like very wealthy. I've recently come into a lot of money and I would love to purchase this condo tomorrow. Like, please call me back as soon as you wake up. That's fucked up. That's wrong. So then we, the next day, (laughs) listen, the next day we go to my friend Noah's house and we're hanging out there all day and the phone keeps ringing and it's all these realtors calling and asking for Adam Granary, which was Noah's younger brother. <laughs> was like, I think he was like eight years old at the time and Noah didn't know that we did it. So every time the phone rang, me and my friend who did the prank, we would just die laughing knowing that it was another realtor. And like you could hear Noah's mom just being like, it's another call for Adam. <laughs> it was so funny. That's a pretty good one. I used to do dickhead shit too. Like I, I once poured a, I had, I got a tub of popcorn at the movies and I got a free refill. And then on the way out, I like dumped it into a convertible in the parking lot. What? Yeah. Rewind. I was zoned out looking at a plant. What'd you say? What'd you dump in a car? I got a tub of popcorn at the movies and okay. then, and then I got a free refill on my way out. And you dump, oh, I that's dumped it in. Up. Yeah, that's pretty like bad. an asshole. Ugh. I had one more prank story. I did too. The convertible made me so. I was at Albertsons. Don't forget yours. I have to go first because I'll forget mine. Okay. Uh, I was at Albertsons grocery store with my my sister and my buddies, and we're in high school. And this convertible pulls up, and he goes in the store, and he had a bunch of bags of chinese food and i just went in his car and i stole his chinese food and it was it was a lot it was like 40 50 dollars worth of me and my buddies were all drinking beers eating this guy's fucking <laughs> shrimp and lobster sauce just <laughs> laughing having a real hoot and in hindsight like that guy probably was bringing dinner home to his family <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i stole his family's food i feel awful or maybe he stole I was 17 it. you're such an asshole you don't know Maybe he stole it from another convertible, and it was just karma. The odds of that are pretty bad. Pretty slim. Yeah. 
I have a feeling uh, maybe he was taking it to his second family that his first family <laughs> didn't know about. And I still was an asshole because it's stealing food from his children that don't know that he's a two-timer. <laughs> I used to, every Saturday, would walk from my mosque where my friends and I would meet to my friend Noah's house. Same guy. And on the way there, we'd walk through this private road and there were really nice houses. And there was this one house that was always for sale. And I would call the realtor every time we passed it and leave a message pretending to be a character wanting to buy the house. And sometimes it was like fucked up. Like sometimes I would call and just be like, what's up, bitch? I'm trying to buy this house. Like I got, I got 3000, I've got $300,000 cash in my trunk, like next to a body, like shit like that, where I was like being (laughs) pretending to be like a, a, a gangster. And, uh, I did that for like a whole summer and then is this not good? No, it's good. You're a monster. (laughs) I was a terrible kid. I mean, and then uh, I was on my way home from school. I used to take the train home from school. And my dad calls me and he goes, hey, you need to stay on the train. Get off at this stop that was past our house. And I got off and and, uh, I had to meet my dad, go to the police station. Because the realtor had reported me. And so my dad and I, my dad was so disappointed in me. And we go to this police station and... They had transcripts of every prank call. They're good. And he and he read them back to me. (laughs) (laughs) And it was all like fucked up. Like, hi, I'm Morty Bondelbaum. Like, I'm a Jew. I want to buy the house because I'm Jewish. (laughs) Just like a child's brain being so dumb and offensive. And the cop was like, <laughs> the cop was like, you know, boys will be boys. We're not going to charge him. We just want to, you know, say that you can't do this. And my dad was like, he didn't want to talk to me for like a little while. Yeah, I, uh, my dad would have argued with the cops, be like, fuck you. Really? Um, prop maybe. <laughs> yeah. My dad respected authority. No, I remember I was a little kid, and uh, me and my dad are riding bikes to the Moose Lodge, where he likes to gamble and drink and play pool. And uh, then the cop pulled us over because the helmet law was recently in force. I don't even know. This is 94 or whenever the fuck that was. I was a little. And uh, I remember the cop going, your son has to wear a helmet or I'm going to give him a ticket. And he was just like, fuck you. He's my son. And and, (laughs) you don't tell me what to do with my son. If he doesn't want to wear a helmet, he didn't have to wear a helmet. I'm just like, what's happening? And... uh, I don't know what happened. I don't remember. He didn't go to jail. We we rode off. But I just remember that him going like, like just that old school. Like no no no. Like I don't tell you what to do with your son. Now you shut the fuck up. This is my son. Like you don't tell him to wear a helmet. I tell him to wear a helmet. But then I never wore a helmet because they're for nerds. <laughs> Muslim. I never wear a helmet either. Yeah, because we're G's. I have a dent on my head from the concrete. <laughs> I do. I really would. I fucked my head up. Wear a goddamn helmet. I have a... Feel it right here. Feel that thing. Oh, yeah. It's about three centimeters deep. Oh, it's from concrete. That's a concrete. I rocked my head for a few days. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to recover. That's the price of being cool right there. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, man. Be safe. You can eat cereal out of that thing, honestly. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty bad. I used to go skateboarding in downtown Philly. And Philly was like the mecca of skateboarding when I was a kid. It was like to be a young skater because there was Love Park. 
which was like this amazing skate park. But you, every time you would go there, the cops would come and chase everyone away. <clears throat> so I was a kid like running from the cops and thought that was so cool. So fun. I thought it that was so, so fun. Cool. It is. There's an adrenaline. I mean, well, you're a little kid, but they drew the guns on me and I was no. just like, like it's uh it's a weird like and you oh. ran it was like oh this is real well <laughs> they no they they cornered me and drew them on me because <gasps> I was running what were you doing just running <laughs> you're just jogging <laughs> just running man and <laughs> yeah um being a be, being a skateboarder when you're a kid you're exposed to like some adult shit like when I was like thirteen fourteen. Because there's characters at skate parks. Yeah. Like offering you drugs and stuff. I was stuff. very bad at skateboarding. I didn't get that too much. I broke my leg on a quarter pipe and then just kind of quit. My the, career lasted two years. I could ollie 50-50 grind. It's pretty good. That's it. I was offered weed at a skate park when I was 13. And this, it was like this fat white Did dude. Did you take it? Well, he, my dad was there. So, I, I mean, I probably wouldn't have anyway. Yeah. But I was real nervous about doing drugs and he offered it to me and he was like wait how old are you and i was like 13 he he like took it back he's like wait till you're 14 <laughs> that was his father fatherly like advice that guy. that's a good guy yeah wait till you're 14 wait till you're 14 i smoked weed at 12 years old you did mm-hmm. do you remember how it felt yeah good <laughs> yeah real good i remember i stabbed my buddy in the forearm uh not out of i should, should have set it up better than that and not opened up with that but because uh, I just sound like a murderer. No, I was cutting oranges for us, and we were just laughing and laughing and having a good time. And I'm cutting oranges, and we're just snacking and laughing. My buddy Dane, and then he goes to scare me as I'm cutting it. And I go ha, and I just fucking jabbed him in his forearm, and it didn't like it just. But it stuck. It stuck. You know, I maybe went in that much. That was the first time you were high. You stabbed your first friend. time I was high. I stabbed my friend. I just went in maybe a quarter inch, and he's like, "Oh, you stabbed me!" I was like, "What are you scaring me for? I'm high. I got a knife." It's like one of those weed, like anti-weed commercials. That's like so unrealistic. Yeah, but well, it actually happened. It actually happened. Don't smoke weed, or you're you're gonna stab your friend. That's a good friend. That same friend. Did I tell this story where I almost shot his head off with a yeah. 357 Magnum? Yes. That's the same guy. <laughs> Damn! Every yeah. time I think I'm telling a cool story, you're like, and then I stabbed my friend and <laughs> shot him in the head. <laughs> I'm like, I, I used to, my buddy I used to do brother. prank calls, and I used to pretend to be a gangster. You need to step it up, Ahmed. You're like, I I skipped work because I was in jail. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm such a loser. I'm sorry. I lived a fruitful life. I know how to live, buddy. No, I don't know how to live. And hopefully you're listening and you'll be like, ah, I don't need to do all that. <laughs> I can just stay at home and live a clean life. Sometimes we all need something. Yeah. Nobody, I think, is pure. Like, you you have to, there's darkness inside of us. So All like, of us. That's why priests are all fucked up. Because you put someone in that situation where it's like you can't have sex, you can't do anything, and you're, it's just gonna s- screw up your whole brain. You can't <clears throat> suppress primordial urges. 
That was pretty good. That was right. I yeah, said that was right. right. All right, all right. Yeah. You see? Did you see the thought process? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but then you looked up shyly for approval. You're like, yeah. was that okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'll start a word and not know how it's going to go. You know, and it'd be like, I think this is the right word, and then you could hear it like as I say it, and I just go, was that right? <laughs> <laughs> and then you stab me in the arm. Yeah. <laughs> I love knives. Yeah. Um. This is, I wrote down little notes today, okay. even though we, hit, we didn't need any, and I already hit. Was this a good one? This is a good one. Okay. I like you. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm so nervous on podcasts, because it's like, I, I hope it's good. It's good. Yeah. And then uh, earlier today, I drank my coffee, and I get a little tweaky, a little happy, and I'm just kind of roaming around. And then uh, I said to myself, like, I muttered fart ass. <laughs> No one's here. I'm by myself. No music, nothing. Just me. Just fucking tweaked up. off cold brew. And I say fart ass. And then I go fart ass. And I go, you know what? Fart ass is my favorite word. And then that all happened. And then I just started laughing at myself. It's like, that's what's in my brain. Fart ass. Like, that's what is going when there's <laughs> nothing. It's just peace. I just go, fart ass is my favorite word. And then I text that to some comic buddies of mine, and they all ha ha the the text because they knew it was true. Like they knew I would not have seen that. I just think in in. Uh, I just picture you meditating, and that's your mantra. <laughs> it was like fart ass. Fart ass is my favorite word. Fart ass. And uh, yeah, just fucking. Uh, Do you ever get into meditation? No, I really, really need to. I've tried a couple times. Usually, I just doze off, uh, and I'm like, "Damn it!" And just like, I just, I just want to go to bed. But I really, really want to. And I, and I heard great things about transcendental meditation. <clears throat> yeah, but that's expensive. <laughs> it costs like nine hundred bucks to get your mantra. Yeah, it's bullshit. Hey, Howard Stern, how about you treat some fucking comics to <laughs> transcendental meditation i singled you out because you're a big believer and practitioner in it and i first heard of it from you howard so uh if you can treat a couple young comics that are jerry seinfeld too him too yeah. yeah you're pretty rich how about you start a transcendental meditation for uh depressed comics because you know how it was i don't think he does i don't think he ever had it that bad yeah i don't think so either i mean maybe i'm speaking from arrogance but he had so much success that when I think of young Jerry, I'm like, you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think even unsuccessful Jerry was still had more money than uh, successful. Dude, Holtzman, <laughs> if oh, you heard his Seinfeld my. bit. Oh, yeah, that's what. Yeah, I was sitting <laughs> Who next are these you. people? <laughs> Who are these people? I don't know, Jerry. I live with my parents. Yeah. I don't have any friends, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Awful. So you, I sat next to you. Uh, Friday. The First time you ever saw Holtzman, right? Yeah. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah. We could talk about this. It's going to get sad. I actually put the tissues out because I thought we might cry on here. Mm. On Friday, we lost Brody Stevens. And we uh, we were at the comedy store together the night that he passed. And we were... And everybody was doing like a tribute and an homage to him. And Brian Holtzman kept, uh, kept giving him shout outs and... Uh, he kept doing his catch 
rage. Enjoy it. But he did a horrible Hulk He kept saying it wrong. Person. Yeah, he said it wrong. And he's like, <laughs> like just, just do it. <laughs> just do it. And somebody was like, that's Nike, not Brody. <laughs> and he's just an old school. Like, he, like, truly doesn't even know how to operate an iPhone old school, you know? Yeah. He used to run with Sam's Kennison and those dudes. He's just OG. I was wondering what his story is because there's, like, no, there's no info about him no, online. No, he has no, uh, I don't think he has an Instagram. I, he just... But he's OG. He closes out the main room. Him and Brody used to. They're the the closers. And Don Barris, to to close out the comedy store that late at night and 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 do what you have need to do to entertain people is a very weird thing. And a very few people can do it. And those guys, that's all that they do. And Holtzman gets the spotlight, and he's insane. And he. Uh, so it's the main room, and he goes on at a time where the main room's pretty packed, but then he's insane, and the show's been going on for three hours, and he does an hour, so it kind of clears out by the end of it. But in the beginning, he does a tribute to Bro- Stephen Brody Stevens, rest in peace. And he, uh, he brings the room down, he goes, we lost a dear friend and a fellow comedian. And, uh, and he's like, I just want to take a moment of silence for Brody Stevens and everybody gets quiet you can hear a fucking pin drop even the servers stop doing their shit you know it's just quiet and then he puts his cell phone up to the microphone <laughs> and he plays that one military song <laughs> and the there's always comics watching Holtzman yeah. he's a comics comic and there's like 20 comics just howling and the audience is like oh my god like, you're a monster and little do they know it's his friend and uh that's that's what brody was too he's a comics comic he's, yeah he's the guy that you go oh let's watch him because he's just a nutter or if you knew he was going to be on a show you were on you're like oh i have to watch he there's was, very few comics where i'm like usually i'm in a green room i just want to be in my space getting ready yeah but Some comics Brody, even go up and you leave the room. You're just like, I cannot. But Brody is the guy you you have go, to watch. You go in the room. You're like, oh, what's this weirdo going to do tonight? Because <laughs> you never knew with him. And he was just insane. This, uh, I was hosting uh, Brea Improv and he was headlining. And he's just crazy. And he just would be like, there's too many people in here. You know, like he, he, <laughs> he wanted a shitty environment. When the show's at three hours long and there's 12 people left out of 200 to start, that's when he thrived. That's what he wanted, it seemed like. Because then it would be sold out and in the middle and he's like, I, 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 you know, I don't like this. Yeah. Like, I want to go on later. And that, no one ever thought that. <laughs> 99% of comics saw the shitty ladder in that he loved and be like, and, and would dread that and not want that and be like maybe i won't go up yeah and he was like sold out <laughs> like i don't want that you know he <laughs> he's the he's the cold open king you know yeah he would thrive in these like mostly empty rooms where he could just totally be himself maybe there was just less pressure you know because maybe when the room's full it's earlier it's like there's all this pressure to like kill yeah and he's not like that like he he just wants to be himself and that's what's so inspirational about him. Yeah. And he would kill... He he would do better in worse circumstances. Like, if it was sold out, he might bomb. But if it was horrible circumstances, <laughs> he would kill. And you're just like, what the fuck are you? You got it backwards, he would, cause, cause sir. Because he would just revive 
yeah. energy. Like he, anytime there was bad energy, he would just fucking. He would just clap me like, I don't like your energy. Arms crossed. Arms crossed. <laughs> You're negative. pleasant. Where are you from? Reseda, <laughs> me too. Like he's just, uh, he, and he'd always say 818 till I die. 818. And it's just so funny. Yeah. I forgot who it was. Maybe it was Greg Fitzsimmons, but everybody's paying tribute and paying homage and, and just speaking, uh, words about him and i think i think it was greg fitzsimmons not sure but they said the best maybe it was doug stanhope i think it was it was some og that i fucking love but he said the greatest thing i've ever seen was brody stevens performing uh 818 valley specific material <laughs> in scotland at the fringe <laughs> festival <laughs> and he's that's the kind of guy he was like he's on the other side of the planet and he's still going i'm from the valley bitches like you know like he he was just that guy and he, he repped the valley so hard yes so hard it was amazing being the cubs dugout cheering he's a baseball fan and he was such a warm pleasant being that even the chicago cubs like would let him sit in the dugout you know it's crazy and uh yeah and and he probably i don't know i wasn't there but i just imagined him yelling out 818 you know like <laughs> the fucking because that's the kind of guy they don't even was. know what that means and they just they like, don't know what? that's an area like, code what, what is that a new beer like i don't know fucking <laughs> Uh, he's just, uh, he's just a crazy fuck, you know? Yeah. I didn't, I mean, I would see him like once or twice a week usually. Yeah. And so it's still, it's still surreal because it's like, I, I still haven't seen him. Like the time since I last saw Brody is still normal in my head. So like in my head, it's kind of, I, it's hard to believe that he's gone because I haven't seen him for like a week or something like that. But now yeah. that. And then, like, as time goes on, I think it'll start to really settle in more. And, uh, yeah, it's not easy. I, every day I feel like it's going to get easier, and it just doesn't. It just becomes, like, harder. Yeah, it goes in waves. It's really weird. It hit It hit me so much harder than I thought it was going to hit me. Yeah. You know, because I wasn't, like, super close. I was close to them and knew him and worked with him, but I wasn't, like, like I didn't call him daily. I didn't know him like that and uh it still hit me like a ton of bricks and i and then when when i found out i was crying like like little kid crying like <laughs> you know and 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 it was just weird i was analyzing because i was like i don't even think i cried that hard when my grandmother died and it was just an odd thing for this man to uh affect me like that yeah and uh and this is a funny story I'm going to try to spit out here. I'm about to cry, God damn it. And uh, so I was crying like that and like bad, like, <laughs> and and just, fuck. I went through two boxes of tissues. Like, it's unreal. I didn't even go through that while masturbating with face lotion on ecstasy, you know? <laughs> Call back. And then uh, <laughs> I'm just crying and crying right fucking here. Just tissues everywhere. Just throwing them on the couch. Sorry, you're sitting in it, but uh, I thought it was wet. And then uh, I get a call from a headliner, and the, and 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 this is how our brains are. It's like as I'm crying, just <laughs> I get I go, oh headliner, it might be work. I better get this, you know. And I answer it. It's my buddy that gives me work, and he goes, and I thought 
I just worked with him. I was like, oh, more work. And then he goes, what happened to Brody? And then I'm just like, <laughs> and just crying. Can't even talk. I'm like, he hung in cell, you know? And then my buddy was like, oh, like, oh, shit. Didn't know. Like, basically, why would you answer? He's like, I'm going to let you deal with that. I'll talk to you later, bud. And he hung up. And the whole conversation lasted about three seconds. But it pulled me out and it made me laugh so hard because, like, mm -hmm. he wasn't like that. And imagine calling your buddy, like, hey, what's up, Craig? And I'm like, <laughs> like, oh, shit. I'm just trying to get lunch, dude. You know, like this. And it, it, it pulled me out and made me laugh in a horrible situation. Yeah. So it kind of saved me in that moment. Would seem like, uh, yeah. But then, uh, we were there that night, and it was, it was a special night to be at the comedy store. It was weird, surreal, horrible, awesome, incredible. All of the things. Every know? every single door person, everyone who works there was wearing the same shirt. Yeah, enjoy it. Brody Stevens, everybody's crying, laughing. It was like there was a new uniform. That's how much it affected everyone. Yeah. It was like... Everyone's... Uh, I felt weird, like almost when I first got to the store, I was like, maybe this place should be closed right now. Because I, I walked in and I felt like audiences didn't know what to do. Well, comics, like I saw a lot of comics crying on stage and off. Yeah. And I don't know, It's as the night went on, it was just more of an Irish wake than anything. It was just people getting wasted, like yeah. laughing and crying and hugging each other and... I've never been all these comedians who have killed themselves. I've never been this close to one, you know, No, this is the first one that it has truly affected me. Yeah. I cried when Robin Williams died, but uh, not like this. Yeah. I didn't light. I just was a fan of his. I never met him or worked with him Yeah, I didn't. or knew him personally. Yeah, me too. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But like the energy, at the end of the night around like 2.30 when was Don Barris cool. was uh, doing the Brody Stevens band. Yeah. And they were just singing that was so really cool. loud and it was just like such an incredible moment it felt. And I saw Don cry which I've never seen before and you know when you see these people who are in your life so strong break down it's very it's very affecting. I remember like John Stewart after 9-11 cried on the daily show and i was like wow it's so it, yeah it's so powerful and then uh then we went to swingers a ragtag bunch yep it's me you uh who was there Marie, earl skakel marisi annie letterman joe marie sandy letterman luke luke schwartz was there right yeah and matt jeff daddy burner. lockwood jeff burner it's a ragtag hopscotch bunch it was fun and everybody was uh annie uh was really funny and like cheating on her diet like ordering nachos she's like oh brody died you know like that was the running <laughs> joke i i went i was crying for two fucking days straight and i had to get out of my house and uh, i went with my buddy mark hayes he was returning the t-shirt to all saints and i bought this jacket i was like oh brody died like let me spend money i yeah. don't have on shit i don't need <laughs> brody died you know and uh you have to just take care of yourself Oh, do anything brutal. you can to be okay it's also it sucks because it puts suicide in the minds of everyone yeah and there's so many people in comedy who are 
suicidal. on the edge. Yeah, for sure. It's an unknown thing. An un- uncertainty. You don't know. You could be talented and not achieve great success. That's the crazy thing about this business. You could be brilliant. There's people that I look up to and I have more followers than and I'm like, fuck. Like, I almost feel guilty about like it. me? No, not you. Oh. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going. No, honestly. no, no, not Just, at all. Not at all. You said someone I all. look up to. <laughs> Think because you have smart jokes, we're not equal in comedy? No, you're better than me. No, I'm not. See, now I turn the tables. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, no, you're 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 great. You're great. He's brilliant. I just really wanted to make it weird. I've been watching Zach Galifianakis a lot lately. Uh, and uh, between two ferns and i just kind of was inspired by him like let's make it a little weird even though just say the worst thing possible no yeah and he's painfully funny and very talented and there's a reason he's been on tv nine times and has no following (laughs) (laughs) no it doesn't mean anything i know none of it like uh i hate when comics are like well i deserve this because i've been on tv a bunch like that's not i think the way it should work it's just a crazy business. It's a crazy business. It used to be like that. It used to be you go yeah. on you go on Letterman and then your career is and then you happening. hit the road and then you sell out and you make money and you make a living. And you but get comedians are better now because things aren't like that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it. It used what to be were we easier. Talking about prior, we got. I felt like we, I mean, we we're on the same rail station, but I felt like we got derailed. What were we, we were talking about Brody and then uh, no credits. I don't remember. credits. my favorite credit when people bring me up they go this guy is trying really hard so let's just give him everything we can let's try harder i'm just kidding yeah you're very funny i really i first met you in senior first uh joke on the or because i knew of you but i didn't know you and then uh because we so what we do is we go up at comedy store original room uh like when it's maybe three hours in it's a very difficult time to go up and you got three minutes and so uh you see the weak crumble and you see the strong rise up so that was my first impression of him is going into a horrible situation and rising up and bringing the life back into the room being brody doing and uh and that's when I go up too, and 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 it's it's nice to consistently go up in a horrible circumstance and kill, you know, or, or do well. It feels I, I like it. It feels nice. It's if, an ego stroke, I know, but it feels good. It's yeah, getting up in the OR is an amazing feeling. Yeah, just getting up. Period. That's an accomplishment in itself. I used to skip potluck because I'd be like, I can do two open mics in, no, instead of this. Doesn't matter. But now I go because I'm like, it, it's worth it to just kind of work up there and yeah. get, get used to that space. Yeah. Because that's eventually where I want to, you know, perform. Yeah, it's the best club in the world. So it's the place to be. I love you too, Laugh Factory. Thanks for the work. And improv. Thanks for the $10 in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh Factory gives you 80 five nice god bless all of the clubs that give me work thank you very much i am truly appreciate it and the laugh and the uh sorry the ice house and the ice house any club 
let's just say any club. Why we got to name them? I feel like I'm not going to get work anymore. Flappers. I'm so, <laughs> I hate you, Flappers. Haha <laughs> 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 Cafe. Thank you for the work, Terry. And Jack. <laughs> what else? We were on a good uh, comedy talk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think I got sad. Yeah, I got sad too. We we pulled out of it. It says weed for internet. Oh yeah, so uh, I've been trading weed with my neighbor for internet, and I just think that's funny because I don't smoke weed anymore, but I look like this and sound like this, so people give me weed stuff all day. I yeah. do love CBD, and I got some new CBDs from Liberty, but I'm I I like uh, uh, Care by Design uh, better. I'm sorry, Liberty. Thank you, but. <laughs> These other fuckers give me CBD and it's very nice. Uh-huh. It just shuts off the diarrhea of thoughts that just fucking kill you, you know? Anyways, uh, I give my neighbor uh, Brady uh, weed for internet and uh, it's quite nice. What's the rate? Uh, just whoever gives me weed, I give half to Chris Lund on the ones and twos back there <laughs> producing this podcast and half. It depends how much I get. Sometimes I give my father some. I used to give my sister some, but she keeps getting pregnant, so. <laughs> Can't be smoking that tweed on that belly, you know? Did your mom smoke when she was pregnant? No, never. She's a square. Oh. She's never smoked weed in her life. Interesting. I've seen her drunk twice in my life. She's just a, she's a normal lady. Just She'll have like a beer in summer when it's hot, you know? I'm like, how'd you do that? <laughs> I just want to get high, you know? Do you remember when you started smoking weed? I mean, we already talked about this, but like what it felt like because it was illegal. Yeah. It was so it way different. Cooler. That's way what I was like. Cooler. I think I got way more high because of fear. I think yeah. that was part of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're high as a teen and yeah. you see a cop, you're like, they know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now it's legal. It doesn't matter. Everyone knows when you're a kid. Everyone knows. When you're a kid, you're so dumb. You just reek. Yeah, you think you can, you think you can like put axe on, and that your teachers won't notice, but you just smell like weed and axe. Yeah, yeah, you're so dumb. I remember thinking, and then you back, go to class, oh, hotboxing just... a blunt like a grape swisher, the most strongest <laughs> hotboxing, and then going to class, car to class. That's not a long enough walk to get rid of that smell, you know. Oh, so stupid. I would always just take a test and fail. <laughs> I would immediately regret it. Like as I would be like, oh, I can't wait to leave campus and smoke. And then just immediately, as soon as I started feeling high, I'm like, wait, we're going back. Yeah. It's so that's the worst place you could ever be. I don't know why I was always able to pull it off. I was a functioning motherfucker. I remember at Coachella, the first time I ever went, I took like seven drugs, just a little bit of each because I love and loathing and hunter s thompson i always like to go to oblivion and then running me and my buddy we're on seven drugs and then uh <laughs> we run into these other group of friends that are not on seven drugs but i don't tell them and we're drinking and talking and having a good time and functioning and then i tell them like that uh, what i'm on and they go oh my god like what are like what so you're are like, you you're like microdosing seven different drugs i was more than microdosing, sir uh, but like uh you know like instead of a whole xdc pill we took a half and we took coke and a couple oxycontins and and then some weed and some alcohol and some mushrooms and, but not like a half eighth maybe just like a gram but like we were taking a mild dose of everything not microdosing 
because microdosing doesn't really get you high. We were high, and we were high. And I remember running and and selling uh, coke to a. Wait, I'm scared. <laughs> we should edit out half of this podcast. That was a long time ago. Uh, this I'm sober five years, and this was uh, like fucking twelve years ago. And then uh, I accidentally sold coke to a cop because we we're in the beer garden drinking coked up you know and me and my buddy are doing it and it's coachella so you could just kind of do it you know it's not like uh, anyways so this guy sees us do it this guy and this girl and then i'm very kind and sharing i go yeah here and we're just sharing they do it we're drinking and then he goes you got any more like, yeah yeah and i wasn't like I was selling it. It's just like I was kind and was like, here. And then I just poured some out in his bag. He gave me some money. And then uh, the girl starts laughing and laughing. And she goes, we're like, why are you laughing? She goes, he's a cop. <laughs> and then me, he freaks out. And then I freak out because nobody, like, she's just fucked up and was laughing. And, uh, and then uh, we were like, oh, I'm going to go over here now. <laughs> and then, but he wanted that too. It wasn't like a bust. And then he went in his corner. I went in my corner. I was like, let's get out of here. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. I used to sell weed to a cop that would pull up in cop uniform patrol car to Trader Joe's. And uh, and then just give me a heart attack because I was on probation still. You know, I was just like, what the fuck? What's it? And he'd be like, ah, get in, fucker. And I'd sell him shit. And, uh, it was, in the cop car? In the cop car. I've gotten in the cop car to sell weed to a cop on duty. <laughs> unreal man wow it's legal now what are you gonna do what are you gonna do i was like nine years ago trader joe's maybe 10 years ago this is my first year trader joe's in torrance when all the all we were required to park on the side not the front lot we got the side and i swear on my life there was a moment where i was on my 10 minute break and i looked down and there was like four or five cars all smoking hot boxing all Trader Joe's employees <laughs> on breaks, not together. And it was just so funny. Like one manager would sell me like a half pound of weed. And then I would, and he'd be like, don't tell nobody. And then I would sell like an ounce to another manager. And he'd be like, don't tell nobody. But I would always keep my mouth shut because I like money, you know? Yeah. And it was just funny. Like we're all in cahoots, but I'm the only one that is like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. You can tell whoever I'll sell, you know what I mean? <laughs> And I would always front people weed because, like, I work with you. You can't escape me. Right. I, would, I would never front anybody ever unless you're my coworker because payday comes. And payday was the best for me. So I'd get my check from Trader Joe's and, and then, then I'd get the my... weed money, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Of all the broke-ass Trader Joe's employees. And then uh, a couple of times it burned me where people got fired and they owe me 20, 40 bucks, whatever. But like, ah, they just lost their job. Like, it's... It's on the house, buddy. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I'm not mafia. I'm not going to chase you down. I remember going to the, when I got my weed card, my yeah. medical one, it was like this funniest experience of my life. Cause the, the doctor was a comic. There was a comic who was a weed doctor. His name was Andy Vandy. <laughs> his name is probably funnier than anything he's ever done on stage is that true i do not know you andy vanny i'm i'm sorry i don't remember his comedy i just remember Which means my statement is true he would show up to echoes under sunset with like eight joints and just 
it was during the open mic Andy, and he would just Vandy, Andy, Andy, ev- everyone high. <laughs> what a nice guy. <laughs> and so me, I love you, Andy, Vandy, handing off free joints. Sorry. We, uh, we went to this, dis- or it was a weed doctor place and my friend went with me and my friend texted him and we skipped the line. We went into his office, which was a weed doctor's office is so funny. Yeah. It's, it's not the walls office. are painted bright green. There's a longboard hanging on the wall like his chair was just a yoga ball. <laughs> I don't even think his computer worked. I think it was just like a prop. And all he did was ask for our birthdays. Yeah. He didn't even ask for my name. He was they just like, what's it, your birthday? That back then is just check grab. It's just cash. It's just yeah. 50 bucks. Next. It was a joke. It was a huge joke. I and weed was so way cheaper scared. back then too. Yeah. The black market, is it, it, weed sold illegally is on a rise because these clinics... Too expensive. It's so expensive. It's ridiculous. It's like, why am I going to give you 60 bucks for an eighth when I go to my buddy and it's $30? It's like for the same weed yeah. that he probably sold to you or what? You know, it's just, it's like, no, thank you. Hippies forever. Like I, I, I imagine the sixties and seventies, everyone was like, man, when weed is legal, there's going to be world peace. <laughs> There's going to be no war. Everyone's going to be a brother to, to humankind. And now it's weed is legal and it's like worse. Ex- extreme capitalism <laughs> <Yeah>. immediately. <laughs> They're just like, let's tax the shit out of this. Yeah. And like, apparently weed doesn't make you less evil. I think like evil, th- evil people get high That's and they're true. just like high and evil. But maybe, no, not when they're high. It's hard to be evil when you're high because you, it just kind of melts you out. But after they're high, they're probably killing, you know. <laughs> We've gone long. What is this? Uh, we're at an hour and twelve minutes. You're a good guest. Am I? Usually, because about what about forty? I go. Are we done yet? Yeah, I think yeah. I can't hold it up. Who's the worst guest ever? Matt Daddy Lockwood. Yep. <laughs> really? That motherfucker <laughs> sucked. Why? What? He just didn't uh, contribute. I, first of all, I love him, but it's like everything <laughs> I shot at him, he was just like, no. And I'm like, yes, Andy, motherfucker. I'm not. I can't keep this up. It's You're easy. Sustainable. To, you talk and talk, and I could just sit here, probably not say anything, and just let you go, and that would be a good podcast. Uh. Not all the time. It Not just depends. Time. Today, today, yeah. I, today yeah. I was good. Today I was good. T- sometimes, like usually, I have a guest is like, I need you because I can't <laughs> carry this. Well, then when I'm on a roll, I was like, maybe I could have done my first solo podcast. But I like a dynamic because. It's not always, you know, I'm not always. I'm intimidated by doing a solo because I do one with Punky. Yeah. And she's just like. She talks. Anytime there's a low moment, she just jumps in with like the weirdest shit I've ever heard. And yeah, because she's the best. Yeah. I love Punky. Punky Johnson. She's funny as fuck. Yep. And uh love her. And then, uh yeah. So thank you for being a good guest. I love you. I love you. We we shared a horrible moment. I was crying in the OR and you gave me a hug and I, and it hit me. So oh, thank buddy. you. Rest in peace, Brody Stevens. Stephen Brody Stevens. Eight one eight till I die. Yes. Positive push. Do it. Do something, Brody. Yes. Yes. Leather exterior. He's just a weirdo. He's I make a- money. It feels good to take your mom out to dinner and pay half. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Yeah, he was just that guy. Luke Schwartz. I believe it was him yesterday. Said. Uh, he went because they park cars at the comic store of the headliners and bro, he would park Brody's car 
and Brody would give him a five as a tip. Be like, can I get 450 back? And he, <laughs> I heard Brody would stay super late so he didn't have to tip the door guys. <laughs> I park for free. I park for free. I just have to stay here till 4 a.m. Yeah. I just landed a role in a movie. Uh, it's an adult film. It's a solo. <laughs> it's a solo scene on a yoga it's mat. It's a solo yoga mat scene. Yeah, it's just uh, a true original and uh, brought so much happiness and positivity to the community. And he just brought love. I said this on my post, but he was uh, uh, when you first hang out at the comic store. It's a very lonely, dark place, and it's kind of wolf, the wolf vibe. You know, like if you're new, it's just like stay over there. Yeah. You got to work your way into this conversation in this circle, and it's just standing into the circle. It's weird. Uh, anyways, Brody was always kind and shook my hand and asked me my name and then remembered your name, which is unheard of in the comedy scene. Yes. Something so small can go so far. He was the man. Yeah, and he didn't let anything stop him from being who he was. Even, I mean, his political opinions, like everything. He just he just was true to himself and let the chips fall where they may. And um, in a world where everyone's judging each other so extremely, it it's just a remarkable thing to see someone like that. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's it. A true original person. Thank you for listening to Community Services, my man. Ahmed Weinberg, very, very fucking funny. Deserve everything he gets and continues to get. I have no doubt he'll blow up. And uh, rest in peace, Brody. We All love right, you. Dude. And that's it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.